We are all different people, of course, but we all have something in common. We all have needs, of course, but we all have one need in particular in common. No matter how independent we like to think we are, no matter how tough we are, or like to think we are, no matter how much money we may have or think we have, or how secure we think our jobs are, are, or our homes are, or our possessions are, no matter how prepared we think we are for our future here on earth, we all have needs that need to be met, and the meeting of those needs is out of our reach, out of our grasp. Those needs that we all have in common are similar, and in some ways we all have physical needs, such as health-related needs, and like it or not, we're all falling apart. Sometimes those needs that we have in common can be financial needs. Maybe we feel like we are lacking in some way financially, and those needs could be also emotional needs that we have, and sometimes we have those in common, whether we like it to, to admit it or not. We, we actually need other people. And that is the way God has made us. And we just do not do well when we spend too much time alone. That is how God made us. He, he did not intend for us to spend all of our time alone. So he made us to need others, and we have that in common. But beyond the physical, beyond the financial, and beyond the emotional needs, there is something far more important that we all hold in common and is out of our grasp to fulfill that need, we need a Savior. We need, we need the forgiveness of our sins because as God's Word makes very clear, we are all sinners. And because of this, we all need saving. Whether we would like to admit it or not, we need a Savior. We are all guilty of sin. 1 John 1, 8 and verse 10 puts it like this. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. But God graciously provides for our greatest need of all. That need that we all have in common, that that none of us can fulfill in and of ourselves, God graciously provides to meet that need. We need the forgiveness of sins, and God graciously meets that need. And between those two verses I just read from 1 John, God's word gives the answer to the problem of sin we all share and shows how he provides, God provides for our greatest need of all, saying this in verse 9 in 1 John 1, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that is, if we confess our sins to God, believing in his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins, God is faithful, and he is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We will be, through faith in Christ, completely and totally forgiven our sins if we confess our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that passage 
not only highlights the most critical need we all have in common, the one that we cannot meet in and of ourselves, but it also highlights how God provides to meet that need for us. Now, our need for the forgiveness of sins is so great and the truth that God provides for that need is so important that I want to invest our time this Easter Sunday morning thinking carefully about how God provides for that need. I want you to see in God's word how he provides to meet that need. And I want to help you to see very clearly how God provides very graciously and very generously for this need that we all share in common. I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. We've been in James lately, but we're stopping just for a moment, just today, and we're going to back up just a few pages, just a few pages from James, back up to Hebrews chapter 13. And I want to look at verses 20 and 21 together this morning. Very near the end of the book of Hebrews, we find these two very special verses that that draw together the major themes of this book, this book of Hebrews. They draw together the major themes very well. We're going to find in verses 20 and 21 the themes of peace, the shed blood of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, God's eternal covenant, the spiritual growth of believers, and God's work in believers. But what we also see communicated very clearly in these two verses is how God provides for mankind's greatest need of all and even goes beyond that need to meet our daily needs. Look at Hebrews 13. Look at verses 20 and 21. And this is the author's prayer for the readers of this book. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want you to note first how God meets our greatest need ever in Christ. This greatest need ever, the one that we all hold in common, the one that none of us can meet in and of ourselves. I want you to note with me how God meets our greatest need ever, and he does it in Christ. It is through Christ God provides for our salvation, and note how God does this. First of all, it's through Christ that God makes a way for peace between the holy and righteous God of peace and sinful mankind. God makes a way for peace. Note how verse 20, look at verse 20 again, refers to God as the God of peace. Now, who among us doesn't want peace, right? We all want peace. I trust we all want peace. The trouble is, our sin, our sin separates us from the God of peace. Our sin makes us unrighteous, unholy, and separates us from a righteous and holy God. And there can be no peace between the righteous and holy God and a sinful mankind. Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8 makes this very clear, saying, For the mind that is set on the flesh 
And that is the nature of sinful mankind before Christ enters in. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let me tell you, the joy and celebration of Easter, the joy and celebration of Resurrection Sunday, and in fact, the joy and celebration of every day for those who trust in Christ, is that through Christ, God makes a way for peace between the holy and righteous God and sinful mankind. The very unrighteous and unholy and sinful mankind, God makes a way for peace. The trouble is, as we heard from Romans 8, the trouble is that the hostile heart and mind of mankind keeps us from seeing our need. It's incredible when you and I meet people that do not see their need for Christ, do not see their need for forgiving. They do not realize they need a Savior. So note also, number two, God provided in Jesus the great shepherd to guide us. How does God provide for us? How does God provide for our greatest need ever? He does so in Jesus Christ, and God provided in Jesus the great shepherd to guide us. Oh, how we need guiding. Verse 20 calls Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep. Do you see it? The great shepherd. Not a good shepherd. (laughs) He is the great shepherd. And he is the great shepherd of the sheep. A shepherd has sheep. You get it? I mean, if a shepherd's a shepherd, he's got to have sheep. Sheep, I've read, desperately need the shepherd. In fact, the sheep need the shepherd to lead them to good food, to safe pasture, to clean water. And in fact, I've read that sheep can sometimes get themselves on their backs and they can't get on their feet and they need the shepherd to right them. Put them back on their feet. The statement of Isaiah 53.6 I think is true of all of us without Christ. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. But, but praise God, as this verse goes on to prophetically state about the Lord Jesus Christ from the Old Testament, about the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. And the Lord Jesus Christ leads the sheep, and that includes leading people who are lost like sheep to faith in him, So that as Jesus says in John chapter 6 and verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Oh, how we need a shepherd. We need the good shepherd. And we need him even to guide us to himself and give us faith to believe the good news. But note also how God provides through Jesus Christ. God provided by offering up the life of Jesus Christ for ours. He doesn't only give us the good shepherd to guide us. He gives us the good shepherd, the great shepherd, to take our place for our sins. God provided by offering up the life of Jesus Christ for ours. Note how verse 20 speaks of the death of the Lord Jesus. It also speaks of his shed blood. 
You see, God cannot simply wash away sins without the penalty for those sins being paid. And God in his great mercy poured out his wrath, his just and righteous anger for sin on his own son, Jesus Christ. And by offering up the life of Jesus for ours, when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins are paid for. In fact, they are canceled. The debt is paid. Paid for by the shed blood and death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. But I want you to note, that's not all. Note also that Jesus did not remain dead. He did not remain in the grave. This we celebrate at Easter, yes? And if you're, if you're a child of God, this is something you should celebrate every day. Every time you raise from the grave in the morning, you know, you throw those covers off. <laughs> and you go, thank you, Lord, for another day. And praise God, Jesus raised from the dead. God provided by raising Jesus from the dead. Verse 20 says that the God of peace brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. And then later it goes on to say, by the blood of the eternal covenant. God, in his grace and in his mercy, had made a new covenant, a promise. And back in Hebrews 8 and verse 12, it points to it saying, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. And it is in Christ's death, it is in Christ's resurrection, that God fulfills that promise. So for all who trust in Christ, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, there is forgiveness of sins. And there is eternal life. And God is merciful towards sinners who believe in his Son, and he will remember their sins no more. It's as if God turns his back on our sins. They are gone, as good as gone, as far as God is concerned. And he's the only one that matters. God provided his Son the Lord Jesus Christ, to take our place, to take the punishment for our sins. And then he did not remain in the grave. He conquered sin and the grave and death and hell, and he raised from the dead to new life. But God wasn't done. He's not done. God provides by giving Jesus who is our Lord. He is our Lord. Verse 20 says, verse 20 says, the great shepherd is our Lord Jesus. In fact, this is a very important truth and, and we need to grasp this. In fact, Jesus is Lord of all. Lord of all. Over creation and everything and everyone. Not just Lord over believers. You realize that? Jesus Christ is Lord over all, whether unbelievers or believers. And this is a sobering truth that ought, to, that ought to challenge and encourage us to share our faith with the world that we live in. For those who refuse to trust in Jesus Christ, he is Lord in the fact that he will be their final judge. But it does not need to be so. For those who trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, Jesus is Lord in the sense that he is their Savior. 
that he is their sovereign God and king. And in him and in his finished work on the cross for your sins and his resurrection for your salvation, you will have the Lord as judge in your eternal life to provide for your eternal needs. God calls to you today, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus, to be saved, that Jesus Christ might be Lord of your life, that he might guide you and provide for you and encourage you in this life and in all of eternity. Jesus Christ calls to unbelievers to put their faith in him today and be saved. As Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. God longs to give you the gift of eternal life that he sent his son Jesus Christ to purchase for you. If you will but believe. If you will have faith. God gives the gift. God gave Jesus who is your Lord And he will be your Lord, whether you trust in him or not. But oh, how I long to see you trust in him. And how Jesus longs to see you trust in him. His word declares that he is calling to you. God gave Jesus, who is your Lord, and God calls to you. Believe in him today. Receive him today, and he will be your Lord and Savior, not your Lord and Judge. Now, I want you to note that for all who trust in Jesus Christ, God not only meets our eternal needs by saving us, saving those who trust in him from their sins, all who believe in him will be saved, That is true, but God also provides to meet our daily needs in Christ. In the Lord Jesus Christ, God is gracious not only to think of our eternal destiny and our eternal need for salvation from sins, but in Jesus Christ, God thinks about our todays and our tomorrows, all the ones that he is gracious to give us. So through Christ, God provides all we need to live life as his children on earth. I want you to note first that through Christ, God equips us to obey him. Look at verse 21. See how verse 21 says, God through Christ will equip you? Verse 21 says, he will equip you with everything good that you may do his will. This is talking about those who have trusted in Jesus Christ. And guess what? God provides for your daily needs. He equips you. What we're talking about here is obedience to God's word. God not only provides the way of salvation. God not only provides the way of escape from the penalty of sin. God doesn't just turn us loose and say, well, you've been saved, now enjoy. Or good luck. No. He equips you with everything good that you may do his will. What's the purpose that he equips you for? He equips you for the purpose of doing his will. And that's obedience to God's word. God not only provides the way of salvation through Christ, but he also provides the way of obedience. Think of it. And this is an incredible truth to live by. That We need to take very personally. Those who have trusted in Jesus Christ are not left to their own powers. 
Think of it, the same mighty power of God that raised Jesus from the dead and buried in the grave for three days. The same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead is now at work through God's indwelling spirit in those who believe. And God is working in those who believe, helping them to grow, helping them to mature in their faith, that they may do what? Do his will. Obey. Honor God with our obedience. We can never do works that are pleasing to God were it not for Christ first taking the punishment for our sins. We can never please God with our good works apart from Christ's final act at Calvary and then raising from the dead for our salvation. We can never do good works that please God. But once we're God's, we please him by our obedience. And he equips us with everything good that we might do his will. And that is further seen here in verse 21. Look at it. Saying, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Working in us that which is pleasing in the sight of God. It is by God's grace that we are saved through faith. And it is by no works of our own, says Ephesians 2.8, but verse 10 goes on in Ephesians 2, in verse 10, goes on to say that those who trust in Christ, those who are saved by God's grace are, get this, they are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's obedience. Which God, imagine this, God prepared beforehand, that's before us, that we should walk in them. That's incredible. I mean, think of it. God saves those who believe in his Son and even prepares for them beforehand the acts of obedience that they are to perform, but then they are to take steps to walk in those ways, to walk in obedience. We are to walk in them. God equips, God enables, God saves our souls from eternal punishment and separation from God. And then he enables us by his word and the work of his spirit to take steps of obedience. And note who gets the glory when God equips those who believe in Christ with everything good that they may do his will. Guess who gets the glory when those who trust in Christ for his work at Calvary and his raising from the dead, right? Guess who gets the glory? When those who trust in Christ are worked in by God and they do those things out of obedience which are pleasing in his sight. Guess who gets the glory? The Lord Jesus Christ gets the glory. In fact, God gets the glory. God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit all get the glory. It says, it says uh, the, the language here points to Jesus Christ getting the glory, but we know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're one, aren't they? And because all this is only possible and given by God through his Son and the Lord Jesus Christ and then working in those who believe by the Spirit, so verse 21 goes on to point to this saying, this is all through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.
we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today, do, do we not? We celebrated his resurrection. And guess who gets the glory? The Lord Jesus Christ. God gets the glory. And all these things that God works in us through Christ that Jesus Christ get the glory. All these things God works in, in those who trust in Christ, that Jesus Christ get the glory, not us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, they all get the glory through Christ. And this is why we celebrated Easter. And this is why those who have trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ can rightfully celebrate every day. We should never get used to this truth. We should rejoice in this truth daily. This is how God provides for our most important needs. You may think you have important needs today, and I would not argue with you that you have important needs, but there is no need greater than the one with which God spared us, his, his wrath, by pouring out his wrath on his son. The need that we have that's, that we all have in common is the need to be forgiven our sins, to be saved from our sins. We all deserve God's just and righteous wrath. But God, but God poured out his wrath on his son. And this is how God provides for our most important need of all. And not only the need for salvation, but he goes beyond and he, and he provides for our daily needs. He provides for our salvation and he provides for our daily needs as we live this side of heaven, as we await our eternal destiny, as we look forward to seeing face to face our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He helps us now. And because of this, may it be, it is my prayer that Jesus Christ be praised and glorified in our lives. May it be said of us, that we are a people who honor and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by our obedience. As God works in us to equip us that we might walk, that we might walk in his ways, walk in the truth. May it be said of us that we are God's people that we are a people who glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, that we magnify the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and make him known. And may those who have not believed in Jesus Christ turn to him today.